Welcome to Dense in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a new church network making dense in the darkness of Northeast America through the synergy of healthy collaboration. I'm your host, Tim Badira, and this episode, we're talking about soul care and its essential role in healthy church leadership. Thank you for joining us. This month, we have NEC's Executive Director Dan Nichols back in the studio, along with Pastor Ben Rudolph. He is the Vision and Teaching Pastor at Life Fellowship Church just outside of Charlotte. And one other thing you should know about Ben is that he is an experienced podcaster. That's, That's right. right. That's right. That's yeah. right. This, yeah. is, this is old hat for me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your podcasting, what you do. Well... I don't really, uh, first of all, I've never produced anything. I just show up. <laughs> I just show up to people that are recording things. Kind of oh, like today. Yes. You're what they call the talent. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. the air quotes on Definitely that. not that. He's got his own trailer, you know. <laughs> so um, a, a few years ago, a friend of mine, and we're pastor friends in our little town of Denver, North Carolina, and uh, he was like, hey, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, who would listen to us, to the two of us talk? <laughs> and he said, you know, we're just ordinary pastors. And so he had this idea, we call it the front pew, and it's what pastors talk about when we are together. Uh, so we've, we we just take the, the, the normal issues that, that pastors go through, and we just have a very open, honest conversation about our struggles, about our joys, about the vision that we have at a local church. And so it's a, it's a pretty fun podcast that we do there. It's called the front pew. And then we started a podcast at our own local church there at life fellowship about, we, we realized that so many people spend time commuting today. And we felt like let's take advantage of that time to disciple our people. Mm-hmm. So we just released a couple of episodes or 20 minutes a piece and they're on various Christian uh, life issues and, uh, it's been pretty cool. So the done. opportunity for you to speak directly into the lives of the people who go to your church, that one's not intended for general consumption. No, I mean, anyone can listen to it, but they're going to be listening into a family conversation, okay. essentially. And also, you were mentioning before we started taping that you've got how many pastors listening on a weekly basis to the first one? I, I believe it's about a, close to about 1,000 a week. Okay. I, or, I've written it down already. I'm going to check it out, Dan, because <laughs> you're a pastor's kid. I'm a pastor's kid. Yeah. Uh, you're a pastor's kid. We all yeah. have that experience of sitting in the front pew. Yeah, and a lot of it is about the normal pastor. So many of the guys that reach out to us are the, are the <laughs> pastors that they're not in this. They're in smaller towns. They're just they're just the regular ministry. In fact, the other uh, co-host with me, um, Chris Griggs, he wrote an article for the Gospel Coalition a couple weeks ago. Cool. It's called "A Week in the Life of an Ordinary Pastor." It was the most downloaded and most shared article in the history of their blog. Of wow. course. That sounds was, that was, sounds awesome. It was unbelievable, and so there's a real need for true, ordinary conversation of ministry, not the mega, not you know what I mean. So I think that's there, there's where majority of pastors live. Oh yeah. So last month we heard some of Dan's story and where he came from. And let's hear Ben from you an overview of how your story ties into Northeast America and the Northeast Collaborative. Well. I'm I'm originally from the Northeast. Okay. I grew up in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. Yeah, no uh, Southern accent there, <laughs> yeah, right, for sure. I, I, even though I've been down in the South uh, in for my most of my ministry for the last 20 years, um, I, I really spent the the, the the formative years of my life in the Northeast. And so, uh, grew up in a pastor's home. My dad was in ministry. He still is in ministry, and that was formative for me. Uh, felt called to go into ministry, and 
as I, you know, again, the last 20 years of pastoral ministry, uh, been through some peaks and valleys and um, was involved in youth ministry for six years and then was involved in church planting for the last 13 years. And what I really, through that process, uh, there are some things that God brought through me and my life that taught me so much about uh, what ministry is all about. And, and growing up seeing the quote-unquote success of my dad's ministry, I think gave me a scorecard or an evaluation or, or an idea of success that really, uh, in a way, it haunted me. Because mm. I, what I was saying is, that's what I want. Mm. I want what my dad has. Can I measure up? Yes. And so, or I want, I just read a book about this guy. And, and so we planted a church 13 years ago in a little town of Denver, expecting, you know, I had all these expectations of what God was going to do. And God didn't do any of them. Uh, God instead decided to show me who I was and to show me my heart. And I remember when I was having one of those wrestling matches with God and I was praying and I was like, God, save people. God, you know, grow our church, which are all great things. And the reality was the Holy Spirit in that moment of my own wrestling with him said, Ben, all you want is a lot of people in a big room listening to you talk for an hour a week. Mm. And I'm not in that. Mm. And so that began the journey that God took me on to say, okay, if I'd never get any of this that I believe defines me or defines success, um, am I able to truly love Jesus and do this with, with, a, with a faithful heart? And so that's where a lot of the things that God has taught me as far as soul care came from. And then all those things I learned, I just had been starting to take other church planters under my wing locally and saying, hey, let me let me walk you through mm-hmm. what I had to go through. Don't don't hit rock bottom. Don't don't have these unrealistic expectations. Don't have this false sense of success. And so then God opened the door for me to come up here in the Northeast a couple years ago uh, to work with um, the group that the Northeast Collaborative is now and to, to begin that soul care coaching for, mm. for the guys here. Mm. Yeah. It's been amazing to have Ben coming up. I mean, he's been a part of our former network, Project Jerusalem, but now as we're launching out from Project Jerusalem, it's awesome to have him on board as a soul care coach, one of our soul care coaches. And he's just able to really uh, speak into the life and ministry of pastors and leaders in the, the collaborative in a way that very few can. And so everything you just talked about in your story, like we've been on the receiving end of it, and mm-hmm. we're really excited about that. And honestly, at our annual retreats, you kind of minimize your speaking ability <laughs> a little bit. You're like, God's not it. Well, he, he's not in the heart behind a desire that right, everyone right. just listens to me. Yeah. But I just want to encourage you and say he is behind your speaking because mm-hmm. at our annual retreats, everyone that's come out to the annual retreats has said that Ben has been the most effective, the most impactful speaker that we've ever had in mm-hmm. the history of the network. So we're just so grateful that you're part of the team and mm-hmm. thankful that your church is willing to yeah. keep sharing you with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And I, I, this is my heartbeat. You know, the reason why I, 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 I want to carve out time to still come up here is because this is my hometown. Yeah. I, I, mm. I want to see God do something here, even though God has called me to a local uh, church in in the south, um, I believe that the opportunities, the true opportunities, and I'm sure uh, you guys have already talked about this in your last episode. But the incredible need with Barna just coming out, and all yeah. of the needs that uh, the most uh, needed places for the gospel are right here in the Northeast, and my heart just breaks because again. Uh, this is where I'm from. Yeah. Well, as we look at this idea and the topic of this podcast of soul care, what is 
Soul care. <laughs> well, the best way I describe soul care is the, um, the, the vital reminder that we as pastors, um, the, the greatest fulfillment and, and our greatest worth is in our communion with, with Christ and our conformity to Jesus. Mm. And so I believe so much of what we have inherited and what we've been taught and the voices that pastors hear today is this idea that my value and my identity and my worth to the kingdom of God and to Jesus personally is how effective I am mm. as a pastor. Mm. And that is not true. So we have to fight against this idea of uh, effectiveness equals loved that so many pastors feel that on a regular basis. And so, you're talking about loved by God. Yes, I'm, I'm saying, um, yeah, that God is up there, sh- you know, arms crossed, you know, shaking his head saying, I can't believe what you're doing to my church, mm. as opposed to saying, wait a second, I am so, I'm fully loved, my identity in Christ, and so there's this pursuit to be effective and to have a fruitful ministry. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think the Bible talks about how we should be effective in our good works in the ministry, but that should not ever take the place of that. We should our first and foremost sons of the father that we're, that we are, have our identity in Jesus. And I think that's where so many pastors, we forget we're Christians first and pastors second. Mm. And so I think soul care is that, that idea of walking with another person and saying, don't, this is one that I, I've, I've done a little caveat of one of the sayings of Jesus where he says, uh, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And I always say, what does it profit a pastor to, to build a big church but lose his soul? Mm. Because so many pastors have done that, and we it's around us all the time. And mm-hmm. So I believe it's important for us to begin having those real soul conversations, to wrap our arms around other pastors and say, how are you doing? What is God teaching you? You're valuable not because of what you're producing. You're valuable because you're a son. Mm. And we want to just love you and walk with you and know that your conformity to the image of Christ is the greatest thing that God's doing in you. I think it's so important for a small church pastor, especially, you know, small churches, they they look at around them and they say, uh, comparing to another church and they're saying, I'm not this and I'm not that. And uh, it's so important for them to realize that God loves them for the work that they're doing in their church, not because their church is huge or small or anything like that. Yeah, I think that there's a one of the my favorite passages of scripture is in um, Hebrews chapter eleven. Mm-hmm. The end of that chapter talks about by faith some turned armies to flight and raised people from the dead, and it goes on this long list of amazing acts that people did, and then others were <laughs> sawn in two. Right, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, or and walked about destitute and and lonely, and you're thinking, wait a second. You know, when we go into ministry, when we go to Bible college or seminary, and we, they're, they're the only people that are writing books are the people that raised people from the dead or turned mm-hmm. armies to flight. Yeah. We're not reading books by people who have been sawn in two. Right. And so the reality is, we don't get to choose how God decides to use us because it is about the glory of Christ mm-hmm. in our life. And if God chooses for his glory to be shown in me through my own persecutions or, or my lack of whatever, Am I okay with that? Right. That is a, that is one of the hardest issues that pastors have to accept because most of us go into the ministry saying, I'm doing this because I want to be effective. Right. But if God does not want you to, to give you that role in the kingdom, how how do you how do you come to peace with God in that? And how I think do you that's be what, okay with that. Yeah, and I think that's we don't get to choose how we glorify God. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And yet he can be glorified 
in what we are going through, even though, I mean, you look at uh, Stephen, you look at others that are right. held up uh, because of yeah. what they went through. So what is soul care not? I don't believe, uh, soul care uh, is not, um, boy, that, that's a good question. Soul care is not a bunch of guys in a room complaining. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's it's not a bunch of complaining like- Even um, though we've all been there. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think one of the things we have to be, be very careful of is the pastors that who are part of ministries where they're not seeing the quote unquote growth happen, mm. that they look at everyone else that whose churches are growing and saying, hey, uh, you know, God's- God's not in that. Yeah. You know, it's bashing other churches, bashing the the church, bashing the people. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be very careful that you're not looking at that and saying everything is wrong with everything around me. Um, it's so I think we got to be very careful to walk that that very um, narrow way to say Listen, it, this is about me walking with Jesus, and this is about me being conformed to, to Jesus, and I have to be at peace with how God is is using me right mm. now. Because there are different seasons. If you're going to look at the different seasons we all have, God will give us times of harvest. He'll give us times of pruning. Mm-hmm. And so it's learning how to, in the midst of any of those things, soul care is not just for the pastor who's struggling in a small church. Okay. Because I believe one of the greatest problems we can face today is a pastor whose ministry is growing. Mm-hmm. That can... Too much self-sufficiency there. Well, yeah. And we were actually just at a conference in Rochester, uh, the 16.5 conference, and Sean Lovejoy was speaking, and he was saying that he gets to rub shoulders with a lot of the most, quote-unquote, successful pastors, and they are truly successful, and God's blessing, and you know they're the ones in Hebrews 11 where <laughs> they right. are raising great armies for the Lord. It's awesome. But... He said, you would be surprised that as you get to know a lot of those leaders, their insecurities, Mm, their fears, their spiritual warfare, it does not diminish. No. It increases with the success that they have. So soul care is really for every single pastor, Mm -hmm. whether you have a large church, small church, urban Rural, yeah. suburban, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it starts with our relationship, not with our church, not with our church people, but with our Savior. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because I think even if we saw God do something amazing in our midst, and we don't have, if we're not doing it with the right motivation and the right heart, it will last for a generation and be gone. Mm. And this is why we want soul care coaching to be an essential part of our collaborative. Because mm. if we're not doing it for the right reasons, it doesn't matter. And if we're not doing it in a healthy way, because healthy churches, again, at this conference, 16.5, they were talking about healthy churches are led by healthy leaders. Yes. And if a leader is unhealthy, so goes the church. Yeah. So uh, we see a lot of that across the board. I mean, there's research by uh, the Fuller Institute, by George Barna, the pastoral care uh, company. And here's some of the stats. 80% of pastors believe that pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. Mm-hmm. 95% don't regularly pray with their spouses. Mm-hmm. 75% report a ton of stress-related crisis mm-hmm. at least once in their ministry. constantly fight depression. Depression is a huge issue. 70% also say they have a lower self-image now than when they first started in ministry. And 70% do not have a close friend or someone that they consider a close friend Mm. in ministry. So Mm. a lot of times we can hear stats like that, but 
uh, really, I think the one of the biggest needs for soul care in the life of pastors and churches is the spiritual warfare. Yeah. Like we were talking about the comparison trap. That's right. one of Satan's favorite tactics yeah. to get our eyes off the ball, to get our eyes off our Savior and under mm. our circumstances and think, man, maybe this really is all about me. <laughs> maybe I need to find my uh, my identity somewhere else other than Christ. And boy, right. we fall for that all the time. I know I have. Yeah. And it's a real struggle. Yeah. Now, we've talked about the stats, but soul care is way more than that because it's, man, the first one you mentioned, 80% say it's negatively affected their families. The scripture is pretty clear about how a man should be uh, first in his own home, right? Mm, as far as right. leaders are concerned. Yeah. So that's uh, just one of the big things, I think, as far as soul care is concerned. Yeah. And the other issue is there's a reason uh, that I think I just heard this yesterday that the average MDiv graduate will last 14 years in the ministry. Mm. That's wow. it. 14 That's a years. a big investment for 14 years. A massive years. investment yeah. because it's the, the the weight. You talk about spiritual warfare, Dan, people's expectations and, and pastors' expectations. And when those three issues, if you're not prepared to walk with God through the valley of the shadow of death, mm. then you won't, you won't make it long. Yeah. And uh, there's a there's a book written a number of years ago by Steve Farrar called um, Finishing Strong. I'm not sure if you've mm. ever heard of that yeah, book, but it's a mm. it was a classic about 20 years ago. And uh, he he talked in that book about uh, he had 24 guys that started in ministry, only three ended up retiring in ministry. Wow! Mm. And it goes back to this issue of they were not watching over their soul. Mm. And so this is just something that everyone needs and how important it is. And it's one of those issues that you have to continually walk in it because as much as all the things God's taught me, you can lose this sense of communion just by doing a couple bad decisions in your it life. It can happen quickly. It can happen very quickly yeah. that you start straying off the, the where God wants you. And so I think it's it's one of those things that needs a continual reminder and yeah. walking with an, an awareness in someone's life. Well, that brings up a good question. How do you coach leaders in soul care? What's the best way for a guy to get spiritually healthy as a leader? I can't remember which one of you just said it, but pastors are incredibly insecure. mm Almost every pastor is incredibly insecure. Mm -hmm. So they walk into a meeting thinking about how am I going to validate my ministry to this other person sitting across the table? Mm. So when I coach someone, you know what I lead with? I lead with my failures. Mm. I always lead with my mistakes, my failures, my weaknesses. I realize that people don't want to hear about my my successes. Right. They don't want to hear about all the great things that I'm doing mm -hmm. um, because that doesn't really make me human to them. <laughs> So I, I always lead by saying, let me tell you how I screwed up mm -hmm. in ministry. Let me tell you about how I, uh, you know, really had to battle these idols and these issues. And so that means you only have like one or two stories, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't have, <laughs> you know, it's not like you have this huge no, well, well to draw I from. Think, <laughs> I think that, but, but the reality is no matter how many of those issues, the fact that I am vulnerable, you should see the change in people's faces. Mm, that's so true. And just be like, oh, you're someone I can talk to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that happened this morning with a pastor. I was sitting with him and be like, let me tell you what, I, what I've been struggling with. And mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I struggle with that too. Yeah. And so all the, all, most pastors are looking for permission to struggle mm -hmm. because and most of them find themselves in church environments where if I'm vulnerable with my deacons or if I'm vulnerable with these other people, I lose my job. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. And so, so to create a brotherhood that... We, you know, the collaborative, I love this Northeast collaborative because what we want to do is create 
a band of brothers who know how to encourage one another and mm-hmm. say, hey, you're not alone in this journey. Right? Yeah. Let's lock arms. Let's encourage one another. Let's walk with one another. And so what the first thing I do is I become open and vulnerable. But the second issue is you have to teach them how to hear the voice of God. Because all of us as pastors hear a number of voices. Mm-hmm. And one of my, my favorite exercises to walk with men through is just, all right, let's go through the vice. The, who are the voices you hear? Uh, myself, my, my spouse, mm-hmm. the people from my church, um, social media, the media, culture, books, podcasts, God, the devil. I mean, I just named, named 10 yeah. right there, right? <laughs> and, and after all those voices, most pastors, uh, the number one voice they hear, you know what the number one voice they hear is? Their own. Mm. Self-talk. They, they hear their own voice the most. Mm. The other issue is the devil or the enemy never shows up as the devil. Right. He always shows up as the people from the church or your own voice or the voice of God. Right. And, and there's this cloaking that he loves to do to bring discouragement or distraction or whatever it may be. But without a doubt, I've never sat down with a pastor and he's been able to say, the number one voice I hear, the primary voice I hear is the voice of God in my life. Mm. Wow. And so soul care is about learning how do I, at the end of the day, hear the voice of God you know, more than any other voice. Right. And that's, that is so important because, again, this is something that pastors wrestle with. So part of the process of walking with guys is teaching them how to be vulnerable, how to have a uh, listen to the right voice, and how to walk in the light. Right. Now, Dan, you've said uh, NEC, this is a, a big part of what you want to do is the yeah. whole soul care thing. How's that impacted you personally as far as your life and your leadership? Well, just like Ben said, I mean, getting my start in church planning was so difficult because we were four twenty-somethings moving into a neighborhood that included two Megan's Law sex offenders, mm-hmm. a Wiccan witch, a heroin dealer, a young lady who slept under the bridge and would didn't bring different boyfriends over, um, another woman who was sex trafficked in Miami. Uh, I mean, those were our neighbors. Mm-hmm. So we started living life with them, right. opening God's word, having an hour of a meal, and dude... I had no clue what I was doing. I mean, none of us did. The four of us were just like, we love Jesus. We want others to know him. Let's move into this neighborhood and just start having a Thursday night where we will just love on people and talk through the Bible with them. And I had no clue. So yeah, the spiritual attacks, the insecurities, the fears, and all that stuff was so tough. And God just had so many people in my life, not just through church planning, but throughout my life, uh, made a lot of mistakes, but one of the amazing things is my parents instilled in me this value of asking for help from wiser, older mm. mentors, men and women who've been down the road. So, mm. uh, so many guys have helped out. Ben is one. There's a lot of other people who've spoken into my life, and I know there's no way that I would still be in ministry if it mm. wasn't for soul care coaching. Mm-hmm. And I know there's no way that I would still honestly be even following Jesus mm. if it wasn't for soul care coaching because yeah. I need it, and I know if I need it. I'm sure leaders and pastors across Northeast America need it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you've experienced it personally yourself. You've shared a couple of examples mm-hmm. of the way that God's worked in you. Yeah. Are there specific people that stand out to you as, you know, big soul care people for you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I think that um, a lot of what I've learned is just from walking with the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. listening to my wife. Okay. My wife is probably one of the greatest voices that God's given me because mm-hmm. She is this voice of truth that um, most pastors I know have a very, some very similar struggles. Most of them struggle with people pleasing yeah. or fear of man. Right. Yeah. And so 
Um, one of the greatest influences of my, of my life has been my wife because I don't think she's ever thought of another person's opinion of her, her entire life. Mm. Like she's never thought like, I wonder what they think of me. Yeah. Yo, I, could, could she like share that? Like, is there a way that she can, <laughs> well, that's why can she multiply that, that out right. to other and people? So, That'd be so, so awesome. You know, just in full, full openness and vulnerability. Like, I, so God's called me to, to take a, a position in a church that's a fairly large church and um, following the steps of a pastor who was incredibly influential and mm-hmm. had a national ministry. And man, there's times there's, I'm like, oh man, people are going to compare and do they, are they going to like me as much as him? And <laughs> right. you have these moments of weakness where the enemy will attack you. Yeah. And um, right. my wife is just like, the comparison's already happened. Like, get over it. Like, no, it's there. Like, and just move on. She's so Are people right. going to compare me? She's like, it's already done. Uh-huh. She's so she's so right. But I think what's so tough, especially for those of us who are driven leaders, is we we know stuff up here, mm. but we let so many these other voices yes. become louder yes. than the voice of God. Yeah. yeah. And so she's like, they've already compared it. It's yeah. already done. Yeah. And she's also said, God has called you here. You would not be here if it wasn't for God. And if God wants you here, then you're the man for the job. There you go. So get over it. Yeah. Yo. And so and preach, sister. So, so when I when you say soul care, like I'm like, okay, thanks, babe. I yeah. needed to hear that today. Um, but really, it's just God's word. Yeah. To me, one of the best books I ever read was The Divine Mentor by Wayne Cordero. Okay. And from that, I mm. learned so much. Wayne, he also writ- written another book called Leading on Empty, I believe. Yeah, Leading on Empty is really good. It's phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. But, but he wrote this book, The Divine Mentor, that was a turning point in my life. Because when I, this has been a process for me, but learning how to hear from God from his word mm. has just been so vital for me. Mm. And that has been the, uh, the true communion. So yeah. Because yeah. everything, here's what I realized. I really have nothing to give that God has not given me. Yeah. If I if God has not poured that into me, what do I really have to give? And so many pastors today, they're not going to the well of of what Christ has poured into them. They're going to the well of I read this book and this was really good, and I I heard this podcast and that was really good. And they're going to the well of these other Christian leaders instead of going to the well of God and right. just saying, I'm confident that what I'm doing is I'm so sure of what I'm doing because God has led me here, yeah. as opposed to hey, this thing worked for this church, so I'm going to try that, and it doesn't work, and then they think there's something wrong with them, and it's just a it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. So yeah. I think again it goes back to so so much about who is pouring into you. If God's voice is pouring into you and God's word is shaping you, then when you are led to lead from that, mm. you can have peace and rest and confidence that you're doing what God wants you to do. Yeah. Well, you've mentioned several resources, obviously the Bible, the primary one. You have others, Dan, that you... Yeah, have? there's a few. And uh, just a little disclaimer, this is not product placement. So <laughs> there's no, <laughs> no, there's no sponsorship. Here, yeah. <laughs> no commercials. No, these are books that have just really impacted me. One is called uh, Replenish by Lance Witt. Excellent. Mm-hmm. excellent Lance book. Witt is, he used to be Rick Warren's executive pastor. So you want to talk about someone who was, yeah. you know, busy all the time, just killing it with life change. God was using very, very fruitful ministry but he actually is now called to minister to leaders and help them with soul care, mm-hmm. which is so awesome. Uh, I also read a book two years ago called Rescuing Ambition, mm-hmm. and Dave Harvey wrote that, and it's just such a great uh, book about how ambition in and of itself is not bad, kind of like money in and of itself is not bad, but it can produce a lot of bad things. Yeah. So how do yeah. we handle that? And then finally, one that my mom actually uh, gave me when I was in high school, Face to face by Ken Boa. Mm. Literally, it's just taking all these prayers in the Bible 
and turning the pronouns around mm. so that you're actually praying them rather mm. than just reading them. That's yeah. Good. And that has had a huge influence in my own journey of soul care. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, one of that was really impacted me is uh, Blackaby's book uh, and and series on experiencing God. Yes. Yes. I actually have on my desk over yeah. there the the uh, like not sequel or follow up yeah. whatever, but just so powerful uh, the idea of seeing where God is moving and and jumping in. Mm. Uh, you know, and and I think that's just so exciting for us as pastors when we can see God at work, yeah. not trying to do it of our own force of will, which I think is probably one of the biggest challenges to soul care yeah. is we're just trying to force something to happen. But I can see that in your life, Tim, because you've constantly done that. Like I think when I think of WRGN and what you guys have done here, like that's what you guys do is you jump in where God is moving. Mm. So I can tell that that's really influenced you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And if we want to see God at work as he is in the Northeast collaborative, uh, one of the things that you've said, Dan, is that you want to prioritize soul care. Yeah. Mm. How is NEC going to do that? Well, for member churches, uh, the lead pastor is going to agree to quarterly meetings with a soul care coach. Mm. And we're not going to assign the soul care coach. Uh, We have some available, like Mm -hmm. Ben and also Jamie Overholzer. We're so thankful for both of them. Jamie's been a huge soul care coach in my life, along with Ben, for many years. Uh, I met Jamie in 2006. And so for however many years that is, 13 years now. Uh, he's just poured into my own life. So both Ben and Jamie are offering soul care coaching, but we're just going to pastors and saying, hey, listen, uh, it doesn't matter how effective you are in ministry if you lose your soul, as Ben said. Yeah. So we want to invite pastors to agree <laughs> to being checked up on, basically, okay. by leaders in their church and by us as the Northeast Collaborative. And what that looks like is simply an email or a communication. Hey, how did it go? with your soul care coach this quarter. Mm -hmm. So four times a year, they're going to commit to meeting with a soul care coach. And we have a resource that our every ethnic team at ABWE, my missions organization, uh, they've worked on this for a long time. Actually, Ben was part of the original launch for this. And they've got a great PDF. And on page five, uh, we can send it to anyone who wants it. So if you're interested, shoot us an email. We'll tell you more info at the end. But it's a great PDF on how to pick a good soul yeah. care coach who yeah. makes a good soul care yeah. coach. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's I, good because, you know, you know, where do I go to get a soul well, care you know, coach? If I could just, you know, that document is phenomenal. It's really good. Uh, but if you, if I could boil it down to one question that you would have to answer, if you're sitting there listening to this as a, as a ministry leader, the, the one question of the person who probably you could go to is who can I be vulnerable with? Mm. That's, mm. that's the ultimate question. That's yeah. great. And I think if you can find someone that meets that and says, who can I be vulnerable with? If that's the person, uh, whatever person that is, go to them. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, if you're looking for other resources, you go, I, you know, I really don't have somebody I can be vulnerable with. Uh, where do they go? Well, hopefully in your local church, there are older, wiser men and women who've been down the path further. Like mm-hmm. you're right, Ben, like being vulnerable is huge. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like Tim Walker and I have been best friends for a long time and we're super vulnerable with each other, but we're also in very similar stages of life. <laughs> so you want to pick someone who's been down the road a little bit more. Uh, like you work so great, Ben, because you've been down the road a little <laughs> bit more. He's o- just saying older. I'm an old man. No, 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 no. Older. <laughs> I got to add the er at the end. That, that makes it all better yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh, hopefully in your local church if it's not in your specific local church that's part of why we want to form this collaborative because sometimes it is helpful to get someone outside of your ministry context and develop healthy relationships yeah. with brothers and sisters who are not in your specific uh, area of ministry and yeah. NEC collaborative can help to do that absolutely yeah. a couple yeah. other I would just like to share a few other books that might be really good um, the emotionally healthy leader 
by Peter uh, oh, I just finished that last month. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, uh, anything written by Dallas Willard yes. is yes. a soul care type of book. Uh, Dangerous Calling uh, is another book Paul David by, Tripp. by Paul David mm-hmm. Tripp um, is another good one. And I'll tell you one that is a pastoral soul care book because it felt like, you know, if you're saying there's a young pastor and you're like, I don't know of an older, wiser pastor. I just don't have that. Right. And then you're looking for a book to do that. A pastor by, uh, what's his, who wrote the message? Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson. Um, phenomenal. That is a pastoral soul care book. Mm. And uh, just read that. There's a chapter in that about, it's called The Badlands. And if you read that, that that chapter right there is worth the price of admission. Mm. I thought you were talking about A Long Walk of Obedience in the same direction. That's, an, that's, that's another really great book. But I'm talking about when you get to the raw emotions and the emotional ups and downs of mm. pastoral ministry, mm-hmm. And I just found that Eugene Peterson was that voice that I needed when I was I was going through a personal desert, and it was like, oh, you just you're saying things that I I didn't think anybody else could feel. Right, you're thinking so, them in your head. Don't want to yeah, put words. Yeah, and to so them. all this. Mm. So, anyways, the pastor by Eugene Peterson, okay. phenomenal. All right. Well, a lot of these resources will be available on the website as far as uh, listing them along with the podcast. Yeah, we'd love for you to check out our website necollaborative.com n for north e for east necollaborative.com and just shoot us an email info at necollaborative.com and we're also uh, looking for prayer partners so if you want to put your email in there right on the landing page you can do that and uh, we'll give you periodic updates but uh, yeah soul care is just one of the things that we want to help leaders and churches with Uh, there's a lot of other things that we can't cover in this episode but man Ben thank you so much for taking the time to to shoot this with us love being here thanks guys yeah it's been great having you drive all the way up from North Carolina to, uh, to be a part of this and anything for a podcast. There you go. <laughs> well, we're glad that you've been listening to the Northeast Collaborative Podcast. Look forward to seeing you next month. Lots of great stuff coming your way.